Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first official, official episode of Life Together with KD. Why is it called Life Together? Well, because I always say we are not meant to do life alone. We are meant to do life together in community with one another, supporting and encouraging one another. Thank you for listening to my intro spot on my previous recording, and today we are going to talk about family relationships and when they go a little bit haywire. Uh, Sometimes, as you know, in any family, life is not perfect, and as you, you know, get older um, and you become adults, sometimes those things that happened in childhood carry over into adulthood. And there are strained relationships between siblings, between parent and child, sometimes between extended family members and yourself, or in-laws, or sometimes between spouses. But today we're going to kind of just focus on the general... Um, well, we will generally speak about family conflict and what to do when that happens. So, assuming that everyone's family experience has been different, some of you have had great family experiences and some of you have not. However, there usually is that one family member, at least, maybe more than that, who you do not get along with for whatever reason. Maybe something happened in the past that was never resolved. Maybe there were a series of things that happened that um, were never addressed or were addressed poorly or were downplayed or ignored or swept under the rug. But what do you do when you do have family conflict. Um, I mean, several approaches can be taken, but what do you do when you confront the situation and it doesn't go to plan? Sometimes we take it upon ourselves to confront that family member, um, whether in a calm environment or sometimes we just kind of lose it or we pop off, so to speak, and we just blurt out whatever's on our mind because we, we've held it in for so long. <clears throat> so how do you resolve when these things happen? Now, ideally, we'd be able to sit down and have an adult conversation or a mature conversation with the other party or parties. And ideally, that other party or parties would understand and apologize and do everything that you dreamed of in your daydream of how it would go. (laughs) But a lot of times that does not happen. Uh, Sometimes the other person does the opposite of what you hope for, and they react badly, or they turn the blame around on you, or they are defensive, or uh, fill in the blank. So how do you deal with that? I think the most important thing well, not the most important thing, but I think one of the important things that you can do is at least when you feel ready 
uh, attempt in a calm environment after seeking counsel and if you're a praying person and prayer, uh, seek to speak to that person in a calm environment where it's just the two of you and at a good time of day for both of you, not when the person is, you know, already doing a million things and won't concentrate or not when you're both exhausted, but pick a really good time when both of you are calm and fresh and hopefully and alone and a neutral environment sometimes helps. So sometimes it doesn't help to speak in an environment where, you know, it's familiar because maybe that would add to the tension but you have to be the judge of that. Um, Sometimes it's easier to meet in a neutral environment where, you know, there's, where neither one of you has the home advantage, so to speak. Um, And it's important to remain calm and let the person know what you want to speak about. And, you know, you can lay out your, Um, grievances, but in a calm way. And it's important not to um, go on the attack of the other person by a whole bunch of you phrases. And what I mean by that is, um, you did this and you did that, because that immediately causes the other person to put their walls up. One way that I was taught to address conflict is to say how I feel by an action that occurred. And sometimes it sounds a little like, I felt hurt when you said such and such. Or I felt betrayed when you spoke to aunt so-and-so about my situation. So you, you lead with, I felt this way when this happened. And that way, not that the person won't get defensive, but you're leading with how you feel versus with what they did. And sometimes that that works better. Not all the time, but sometimes that works better. Now, what if the person does not respond in the way that you hope? How do you handle that? What if they get defensive? What if they get loud? What if they get belligerent? What if they get, you know, they start yelling and Uh, yelling obscenities or or telling you off. If you notice that the conversation is going in that way, then you need to just shut it down. And you don't have to sit there and take it. You can decide to say, you know what, I see that you're getting upset and I'm not going to sit here and listen to this or I'm not going to sit here and be insulted. I'm trying to have a Uh, a mature conversation with you. So I'm going to leave and let you calm down and maybe we can revisit this another time. Or if it's a phone conversation, you can kind of take the same angle. Oh, I see that you're getting upset. I, you know, I will not listen to myself being uh, called names or being cursed at. So I'm going to end this conversation and maybe we can talk at another time and hang up or and leave Um, because you don't have to take abuse from someone and whether or not you revisit that conversation remains to be seen you you may or may not 
you know, it, it may, that may have been your attempt and you see that making future attempts might be futile, but you have to be the judge of that. Um, another thing is what if the person comes back at, or when it's their turn to speak, they mention things that maybe you have said or done to hurt them and how they feel. What do you do? Well, the easy thing to do is to take offense right away and um, to blame them or to, to, to jab back, but try to listen and hear them out. And, you know, if you need time to think about it, if you need time to think about what they said, to see if there's any validity to it, then take that time. You know, you speak, they speak, and take turns speaking. And then if you say, okay, well, I want you to know I heard what you were saying, and I just need to take some time to process this, to digest, and maybe we can revisit this at a later date when, you know, at a later date, at a, a, another neutral setting, etc. So, so sometimes that can be the way you go um, with those conversations. And I think that I, I was talking to another family member who recently had uh, one such interaction. And my advice was, you know, you cannot control someone else's reaction. You, but if you say your piece, at least you're saying your piece. You know, so sometimes you have to just be okay with saying your piece and if they don't react the way you hope, then you just kind of have to let it go. But at least you got to say what you, what was on your heart to say. And, um, that sometimes that step in healing is just, you know, you have to accept that you cannot change people. You cannot make them be who you want them to be. You can't make them react the way you want them to react. You cannot make them apologize. But you can speak your truth. And you can say your piece. And kind of have to let that be, you know, your your resolution within yourself that you'll be okay even if it doesn't go the way you hope. So what do you do with ongoing family re- relationships that are um, a little bit contentious or trying or, uh, you know, you have, you have to have constant interaction with this family member, even though you don't get along for whatever reason, what can you do to minimize damage to yourself, to them? You know, um, if you have a temper, you know, what can you do to minimize your, the, um, the likelihood that you might lose your temper at some point. I think there are multiple things that you can do. Uh, you can, obviously, one of the biggest things that I think is extremely helpful is to get a reputable, licensed um, family counselor to for your own benefit. Now, I know many people balk at the the concept of counseling and they think it's a bunch of hooey and like, why would I do that? Or sometimes it's just scary because you don't want people to think that you're weak. 
and or that you need help you just want to be strong and have that that strong persona you want to have people think that you got this but the reality is you know we all need help sometimes we all need guidance sometimes and the counselor is not there to beat you down or make you feel small or stupid or anything like that. They're there to lead and guide you and give you tools and give you insight into what may be causing, you know, a negative pattern in your life, a negative reaction in your life that keeps uh, popping up. They're there to guide you to a place of healing emotionally. And I always use this example because it, it makes sense. You know, you take care of, for example, you take care of your car, right? You wash it, you clean it, you detail it, you put gasoline in it, and you do all those things so that not only, and you uh, take care of the engine, not only so that it's pretty on the outside, but it's functioning well on the inside, right? So if we look at ourselves, yes, we take care of our physical, we take care of our bills, we take care of our job, we take care of our families, we take care of, you know, all of our outer needs, but we are not one-dimensional beings. You know, we're we're body, we're soul, we're spirit, so we have to take care of all aspects of ourselves. If we go to the doctor to get a physical, that takes care of our physical, but what's going to take care of your emotional? You have to also give yourself emotional checkup. And that's what a licensed um, therapist or counselor is there for. And if you don't know who to go to, um, I will try to post some um, resources on social media. I will be on Twitter, uh, but I'll let you know when I get that all set up. Um, so counseling is good just for personal, uh, sometimes family counseling, if all family members are willing. You can't make them be willing, but if they're willing, sometimes that's also helpful. Another thing is when you're dealing with a contentious family member or relationship is to be able to get, I'm sorry, to have, to set boundaries. Boundaries is super duper important. It's super duper important. You need to have boundaries with people. Um, everyone's not allowed into your close personal space. And especially if they're toxic, if they're harmful, if they're dangerous, definitely not. Um, if, you know, it's just not a good relationship, you need to put certain healthy boundaries in place when dealing with such relationships and such people so that you can have peace. And one book that I will recommend to you, actually, I think they have a couple or a few books in the series. It's called Boundaries by um, Townsend, uh, John Townsend and Henry Cloud, just like it sounds. Henry Cloud, C-L-O-U-D, and John Townsend. They have a book called Boundaries. They have a book called Boundaries in Marriage. And I think boundaries for teens, don't quote me on that. But um, it boundaries are super important. And when I learned about that for myself, it made such a huge positive difference 
and my outlook on life and how, how I can use boundaries in everyday life with every relationship that, you know, some people are allowed to get into your personal space and some are not, you know, some need to be stay on the outer fringe because that's, that's where the boundaries, that's where it's safe for them to be, you know? So I just want you to think about all of these things and hopefully something I've said has helped. Now, my disclaimer here is I am not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm just a person who cares. So please, by all means, do your own research and, excuse me, find um, a licensed uh, counselor or therapist that can help you. You can ask your physician or you can ask a friend or um, you can look, you know, you can Google anything and just find resources. And like I said, when I get my social media up and running, I will um, definitely get that to you, get that information to you via probably Twitter, but I will let you know when that's up and running. So I just want to thank you for listening to this podcast, and I, pr- I hope and pray that you found something helpful, and I am asking you, if you enjoyed it, to subscribe please subscribe. I record this podcast on Anchor, the Anchor app, but they also post it to um, various platforms, um, one of which is iTunes, and I believe, um, I can't remember the names of the other ones now, that's so bad, but it should be on most um, most uh, podcast platforms that you can find. So thank you so much and join us for our next episode. I will try to have an episode once per week and I will talk to you soon. And thank you for doing life together with me, Katie. Have a blessed one. Okay, before you go, I quickly set up my Twitter account so you can follow me slash reach me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at life together spelled out l-i-f-e-t-o-g-e-t-h-e-r-k-d the letter k like king the letter d like delta at life together kd and on twitter so please um follow me on there and also subscribe to this podcast and i will talk to you next week with our next episode blessings Thank you.